0: Hi, I'm Stephen Crafty, I'm here at RMIT University in Melbourne, and I'm presenting Talking Design. I'm with a very interesting person, uh, an artist called um, Jessica Ledwich, and I hope I pronounced that correctly.
1: Yes, that's right. (laughs) Um,
0: I... Had never heard of Jessica before. Apparently the whole world has heard of Jessica Ledrich, but I haven't. I was, um, someone sent me her work from RMIT and I just saw an image and I said, oh my God, this is extraordinary. Welcome to the program, Jessica.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Jessica, just to give people a background of where you've come from, uh, you started at Monash University in Performing Arts. Yeah. You then um, went on to do, um, you then went on to assist a photographer.
1: Yeah, I kind of fell into photography,
0: actually. specialising in fashion photography.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I actually assisted and started to... I hadn't experienced much photography in that sense. I'd always obviously picked up a camera, but I assisted a a friend of mine on a few um, shoots and really found sort of the actual photography act really interesting. So I started sort of branching out on my own and and picked up a few clients. Um, And from there, sort of was shooting commercially for quite a few years. Um, and it was just... wasn't you. Well, I was, wanted, I was always conceptually driven in wanting to actually um, have more of an idea going on behind just photographing the product, which the clients got a little nervous over.
0: So they wanted something just very straight, showing yeah, the product.
1: and I always found myself wanting to do a little quirk or subvert what was going on because that was actually what was more <laughs> interesting. Um, so I began to start exploring the more art side of it. Uh, which so developed.
0: you're now doing your uh, masters in fine art, specialising in photography and um, sculpture at RMIT. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was the image that kind of really set it off? That I mean, it was uh, the image was went viral virtually, and the Huffington Post in New York picked it up.
1: Yeah, um, the actual series itself was featured on Trend Hunter, which, uh, if you're aware of, is a website that. Basically, I think they just hunt around for interesting things to to feature and then to review. Um, And they actually reviewed, uh, which they must have uh, found on my website, I suspect, and they, after that feature, it was then picked up on a number of artist blogs and was then reblogged. In one particular blog, uh, a friend had actually alerted me to all of this, I wasn't aware of it, Um, had then been reblogged. Over six hundred times, and wow. it was that kind of incredible wow, sort of people power of of something that obviously people were engaging me, with.
0: Uh, Jessica, tell me about that image.
1: Um, No, it was actually the series in Uh, general, really. Well, tell me
0: about the series um, because people can't actually see it. Yeah, so the
1: series is called Monstrous Feminine um, and it was created in response to the more monstrous, I will use the word, uh, things that women do in pursuit of this this perfection, this notion of what it is to be an ideal woman. Such as? Oh, everything. Plucking eyebrows. I was about to say manicuring, plucking eyebrows, waxing, Legs, dermabrasion, the fear of aging that we have, but also um, having a look at the way women are perceived, particularly that they're often split into two areas where either they are highly sexualized or they're seen as mothers, and it's almost uh, this—it's almost like a madonna whore complex, this thing of that they're either split into into two, and and women having this, this sexuality being seen as very threatening. Uh, and there's something really interesting, particularly when you have a look then at reproduction and then the roles of technology like mm. IVF. And all of that w- was something that was really interesting to explore and to have a look at the motivations behind why women do this stuff.
0: So there's a fantastic uh, one of your photos shows a woman in the bathtub and she's trying to remove hair <laughs> from her legs. And she's she's almost scolding herself. So she's got this big red patch on her And it's quite severe. And it it really makes the whole process. She's actually using a Bosch. (laughs) A A Bosch sander. A sander. (laughs) And she's kind of taking it to the extreme. And Mm. it's one of the most powerful images I've seen in a long time.
1: Yeah. (laughs) How can you respond? Well, it's really funny. I mean, if you see the after effects of of some dermabrasions or some Mm. um, chemical peels, the colour is not too dissimilar to, to mm. that on her leg. And I mean, this is incredibly extreme. And I, I like to employ different elements uh, in my work. Mm.
0: Humor. Well, there is humor in this work because she's got her foot leaning on <laughs> tiles, but also her tone. There's <laughs> a sense of
1: tension in the picture, isn't it?
0: <laughs> her, there's, her toenails and fingernails are beautifully manicured. So she's obviously someone ca- who cares about her looks. And yet she's got this sander applied to her leg as if she's completely lost the plot
1: well i think even the most educated and intelligent of women would admit to potentially having engaged in some slightly dubious uh, procedures in the pursuit of bettering some element of herself
0: there's also that problem i mean with the sander that you know, she's going to kill herself <laughs> <laughs> because it's in water and it's there's an electric switch well, in the image. Is,
1: yes, there is. There is that uh, that element there. I mean, I think that really adds the absurd element, which people do respond to. But it enables you to discuss some quite graphic and contentious topics. It gives you an avenue in the humour. Does people? Yeah. I, I'm not interested in work that is similar to bashing someone over the head with a baseball bat. People don't respond to that. You know, if you look at advertisements, really extreme graphic just make people turn away. And so there's been sort of a careful employment here Hmm. with the aesthetics um, of the work.
0: There's another one. um, (laughs) Fabulous. Um, I mean, if we go back to, um, there's some wonderful images. I'm looking at, um, for instance, this one here. There's, the solarium. There's the solarium where she's mm-hmm. a woman is literally burning herself mm. to a crisp. Mm-hmm. And,
1: um, I'm just imagining what your listeners are thinking if they haven't seen the work.
0: <laughs> well, I think you should Google uh, Jessica Ledvich and yep. see the work mm. because it is so strong. And what's so interesting is there's this almost serenity in the pose. And yet what this person is doing to themselves is so horrendous that... That's the disturbing mm. contradiction.
1: And and this is the thing, is that uh, women are incredibly comfortable with it. It is so mainstream now that they don't, we don't, and I'm certainly including myself in this, mm. are not considering exactly what it is that we're doing. We don't think twice about it. Mm. We book it in between going to the gym and doing the laundry. There is no um, concern as to how extreme a lot of these
0: there's an image you've got uh, almost like a butcher's shop where uh, women's legs are hanging up like side of beef, ah. uh, and they're priced. You know, each thing's priced nine ninety nine, four ninety nine, four hundred forty nine, and the human body. <laughs> so we're really. Getting back to.
1: Yeah, this dehumanising of it and this sense of reduction of a a woman into literally a sum of her body parts.
0: Have you had any um, negative responses to to the work?
1: Do you know what is extraordinary? Uh, Personally, I have actually not received one. There we go, there's a challenge for all of your uh, viewers out there. Mm. I haven't actually, I've had nothing but incredibly positive comments. That saying, though, I have no doubt that in all of the articles where it's being featured, where people can post comments, I have no doubt that um, there are probably inc- very negative ones out there. But I actually don't choose to read those because mm. I've created this work and it's now out in the ether and everyone can really just respond to it however they will.
0: Jessica, there's an image um, that I'm looking at, which is um, basically a corpse in a, mm. in, a, in a woman. This is
1: the full stop. This is the end. <laughs> In a Chanel coffin.
0: It's quite strong. It's very strong.
1: Yeah. So this is is the only one where you actually, we see her. All the rest of them, we don't actually see her face. She's actually a faceless woman. But in this, the full stop in the series, it's the end.
0: The other thing I was going to ask you, Jessica, is that... um I said I felt there were small connections to the work of Guy Bourdin mm. in the seventies, where mm. women—he he did mainly commercial mm. ad- advertising—were um, objectified and in, found in really compromising positions. With you know, they might have a, a Charles Chaudin, a Chaudin Shoe mm. on. Mm. How did you, how were you inspired by Guy?
1: Um, yeah, look, Guy Bourdin is actually one of my very early influences. Um, initially, it was his his aesthetic that drew me in. And it was the use of a very seductive aesthetic to present then something that was a little uncomfortable. And he was selling shoes and it was advertising, so we make no mistake there. Mm. And it was also a product of its time, a male photographer, you know, we've got all of those politics there that were all, mm. that we're playing a thing. However, there was enormous amount of wit and subversion in his work that I really appreciate, even from a position of, yes, the, from gender politics, it's, it's definitely questionable. However, There was, there was a. He was really laughing behind the lens. There was a real push-pull there. I think, which I, I I think, can be dismissed as totally objectifying women. But in fact, I think that uh, this level of the abject in there, the PowerPoint that's oozing blood, there's something really interesting there. We don't want to actually see that with our women when they're objectified. We don't want that sense of the abject.
0: So, in a sense, Jessica. There's probably more freedom in the 70s than oh, there is now God. in you terms know, of presenting fashion.
1: Oh, the fashion photography then was really interesting and exciting. And honestly, the majority of it is so banal now. And it's just what churned out. do you think? Well, I mean, it's churned out. There is not an enormous amount of money that is actually given to an overall long-standing campaign working with—I mean, there is right at the top, 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 but we're talking that's probably point zero two percent of the, the David, rest of it. The
0: David Baileys of this yeah,
1: world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You've got those really um, few photographers that are given free reign to really explore and have fun, and you see a lot of that in Italian Vogue. There's actually a lot of play and exploration, but the mass of it, it's just churning it out, and it's—it's it's, people just tune out. It's—it's it's, nobody takes any notice. Well, of it that's anymore. I think
0: why your work has resonated with people worldwide is Mm. it's their images that people stop. They literally just think about it. There's a very disturbing image of um, a woman, of the woman with her, it's not actually, it's just her, um, from shoulders, her head's been taken off and it's been, her neck has been replaced with um, spring and apparatus and there's just a wig on it. So it's almost like women don't even have a, ahead anymore they're just objectified completely
1: yeah and also this the role that now technology is starting to play as well and this idea of something being inserted that doesn't mm. naturally exist and i think that's a, a really interesting idea as well when looking at women's bodies and how they relate to them and...
0: jessica the other area that you're interested in is taxidermy yeah. And you've done... How does that work? Yeah. How does the two practices work together?
1: Well, I, I, I don't call myself a taxidermist. Um, I have taxidermy training, and I use incorporated as a material language into my artwork, some of my artwork. Yeah. Uh, so when people sort of ask me about taxidermy, it's not the traditional... Mounting onto a stick uh, or anything like yeah. that um but it's uh it's just one of the materials that I incorporate I'm really interested in the role of animals uh as how we identify with them as sort of the known but the unknown, and that there's a lot of uh, really interesting dialogues to kind of have with ourselves through the way that we actually relate to animals. Mm. So that's just another kind of element I'm interested in. And do you it's...
0: include that in your photography? Yeah, or...
1: I have. Yeah, I have in some, absolutely. Um, and I'll see if I can actually find some here to, to bring up for you. Um, but, yeah, there's I'm interested in a number of um, uh, different things in my practice so there's sort of the role around mortality that's something I'm really interested in attitudes it's general attitudes that we have to the major things in our lives so the way that we perceive ourselves and the way that we interact with other people and the way that we relate to our own passing and how we're kind of in denial about sort of our place here and 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 death in general and this whole pursuit of youth is is also part of that Mm. You know, growing old doesn't have currency, and we fear it.
0: Is that a recent phenomenon?
1: Um, I certainly think that as we become more alienated, which I do think that with this constant um, role of of technology in our lives, we're actually constantly connected, but not in a real fashion, I think. (laughs) The sense of the tribe has become dissipated and it's much more a sense of the individual. Mm -hmm. And I think through that then becomes a real fear of what's going to happen when I'm gone, what's going to exist of me, what's been left, you know, this sort Mm -hmm. of 15 minutes of fame that drives us.
0: The other thing I'm interested in, how do you actually go about composing images and what do you look for in an image? Apart from the message, obviously, that's very strong, when is one photograph... Right. And when is another one not quite right? Um, Or is it really, it's not the major driver?
1: Excuse me. Um, Look, it goes through a whole process of, I start with a particular idea and then I play around. And often with what I end up with is not what I started with. But there's always a, a concept that's floating around the back of my head. Something I'm interested in exploring or holding a mirror up to. I'm not interested in creating work that's didactic that tells people this is what it's about. I'm much more interested for people to bring their own, um, bring their own interest to it or their own dialogue
0: to it. There's, I'm looking at a very beautiful piece of work. It's um, it's a blackbird. It's a blackbird, and he's almost he or she because we don't know what sex the bird is, uh, is almost lying on a bed of nails.
1: Mm. A it's bit, bit almost of gold pins. A bed it. of gold mm. pins.
0: Very strong. Mm. What were you trying to say in that piece?
1: Well, this was exploring um, definitely this this relationship that we have with our own mortality. And I think there's something really interesting in the anthropomorphizing of of animals. Not in a sense of uh, of dressing them up. I actually hate that kind of thing. Um, but the sense of the almost human like repose and the sense of disquiet that we have in the fact that there's something that we recognize in that almost about ourselves but then of course we don't. Mm. And so I think there's some really interesting juxtaposition. Cuz the way the way have.
0: the um the bird's position it's almost like it's it's Claws are folded over like
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this relationship that we kind okay. of have.
0: Then you I'm seeing another one which is um a plaster. Plaster hand and it's clinched. Mm. And you've got a little
1: It's a starling.
0: A starling kind of just poking out. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I mean this is this is this is really about the fragility and this is about how we really hold on to things, I think, so tight and that um, we really fear a lot, and that we really worry about what's going to happen, and we have no sense of, I suppose, investment in notions of the the comfort that the the spiritual has given us. I don't think that that plays such a big role in our lives anymore, and I think that that uh, leaves us with a a real sense of fear.
0: Jessica, you know, your work has gone viral. It's been picked up by most major newspapers in the world. Mm. Uh, websites you know mm. I'm I feel like I've really <laughs> missed the boat but I'm still here
1: no no you're here but
0: does it upset you that you know Australians are only starting to learn about you now and that isn't I mean wouldn't it have been lovely if someone down under would have approached you before you were um, got all this overseas attention or why is it Australia so slow in getting into gear.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. Um, it was quite funny. It literally made it around the whole world before it actually was, was picked up in Australia. Um, is and it just we
0: need that almost reassurance that it's okay?
1: Well, it, that that's a really interesting question mm. because uh, it was picked up in New York and then uh, London France, Italy, Spain, Germany. The Develte, the big newspaper, was one of the first ones that interviewed me. Uh, even New Zealand, <laughs>
0: <So> <laughs> the we brought... Balkans,
1: and and even Russia, with everything that's going know, on in Russia. Probably
0: Tasmania picked up before the <laughs> mainland. I was about
1: to say, even Russia managed to. Uh, so it was it was interesting. I mean, it has obviously it was featured in the in the Saturday Age a couple of weeks ago, um, and th- and that was you know that's fantastic. But it is it is very interesting um, to. It's almost in that sense that from your own country uh, people seem to be I don't know maybe less inclined to uh, sort of grab one of their own and I mean look that we have we do have I'm not classing myself as the tall poppy but we do have this notion of the tall poppy syndrome where we do like a sense of validation from the rest of the world sometimes not all the time before we necessarily will give credence to something
0: Jessica. Look, really, you've been a delight to have on this show. (laughs) I I hope um, women generally start thinking about what they're doing to their body and start thinking: Do we really? What's the point? Yeah,
1: I mean, one point I want to make about this work is that it's it is absolutely not a judgment on things we do. I also participate in this kind of thing. What this work is really aiming to do is to hold a mirror. To everything and actually ask, what is the motivation behind this? I think a lot of response sometimes has been, well, feminism is, you know, about choice. And I agree 100%. Women must have control and the right to do whatever they wish with their body. What I'm interested in, in starting a dialogue about is why why do we feel the need to do this? Why do we feel that we have to aspire to such a narrow cultural construct of what is beautiful? Mm. So that's, that's I think, what um, I think is the most important thing to take in responding mm. to the work.
0: Jessica, look, thanks so much for coming on the show today. It's been a pleasure. Oh, it's
1: and, been fantastic. Thank you. And
0: um, I'm kind of a bit hesitant to wind up the interview <laughs> because I could go on talking for such a long time. But look, Thanks so much for coming on the show today. My pleasure.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: You've been with Stephen Crafty, Talking Design at RMIT in Melbourne, and I've been speaking to Jessica Ledwich and um, I really think you should go into her website and have a look at those images. I think they are quite extraordinary, and I think they'll just make you stop and think, and very beautiful work. So thanks for coming on the show today. Thank
1: you.